You're listening to My Friend's Place on WGOTLP Gainesville. If you're over 45, that means it's time to start screening for colon cancer. And there's no easier way to do it than with Cologuard. The simple, efficient box delivered straight to your doorstep. Oh, hello. Can I help you? Hi, I'm Cologuard, a non-invasive way to screen for colon cancer at home. Oh yeah, my doctor ordered you. That's right, because I'm safe easy to use, and I find 92% of colon cancers. Okay, cool. How's it work? I just need to collect a sample. So open me up and, you know, go inside me. In Inside you? Yeah, just go inside me. It's okay. I like it. Are you going to look at me like that while I do it? Sure. I'm just smiling because I love my job. And I love what you're about to do to me. Yeah, well, I don't love that you have a face and a little mouth. And a name. I'm Thomas. Why do I hate knowing that? Come on, it's fun for both of us. You get the satisfaction of knowing you're doing everything you can to protect the health of your colon. And I get another kind of satisfaction. So go ahead, unload in me. Why is the UPS guy watching? He's just waiting to collect a sample after you're done. Yeah, so go ahead, unleash. I really don't feel comfortable doing this in front of you guys. Would you feel more comfortable going in me? Unloading on a little woman like me? Would that make you feel like a real man? Oh, my God, no. I, I just want to be screened for colon cancer. Then go ahead. Destroy me, Daddy. Blow my box open. Yeah, I want to see you blow that box wide open. This is sick. Yeah, but not sick from colon cancer. So come on, just go inside her, then pass the super warm box to the UPS guy. Get that box nice and warm before you hand it back to me. I'll even close my eyes while you do it. I see you peeking. Oh my God. Wait, how many of you are there? It's okay. We're just here to watch. We're friendly like minions. So go ahead and unleash. Stop saying unleash. Would it help if you knew their names? No. That's Kylie, Victor, Neil, and Siobhan. We can't wait to see you unleash. Uh... You know what? I'm actually good. I just remembered that I, I screened for colon cancer last year, so. And you wouldn't be lying to us, right? No, 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 of course not. Because we can also detect liars. Now drop your pants, blow out his box, and this will all be over. Just do what the little boxes say to do. Uh, I'll give you what you want, just please don't kill me. Man, is Woody okay? I know he smokes a ton of weed, but I'm really starting to worry about him. Uh, all right, let's um, head inside, give him some privacy. Actually, uh, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna watch him unleash. Coligard, go ahead. We like it.
Okay, that is Land's song titles, Vega, and you heard it last week as the closing track on My Friend's Place, and this week you're getting it at the very beginning of the show, so I think uh, the official radio term for that is the uh, Reach Around, and before that, in the warm-up mix, leading things off, you had Jacques Green with Believe, then it was Clark with Clutch Perlers, if you were listening to that Clark song and thinking, hey, it sounds a little bit like Radiohead or Tom York, well, guess what? It's produced by Tom York, so that explains that. Uh, then, talking about familiarity, you had Don Letts, and you may or may not recognize his name, but he was part of the legendary group Big Audio Dynamite, and he's got new music out, and this one's definitely uh, more on the reggae side of things, and it's No Fooling Me featuring Holly Cook. And then after that, you have Alo Maud with Catch the Wave, and there you go. Speaking of catching, now you're caught up with everything you heard in the warm-up mix on My Friend's Place on WGOTLP Gainesville. And let's do a real quick movie review before we get into brand new music. Now, last week really uh, reviewed a couple of things that were so average. But this week I've got a great one. And the movie is Women Talking, which is nominated for Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay. And rightfully so, um, because it's a really good movie. Uh, Women Talking starts out at the very beginning in a moment of crisis. And it's really heavy subject matter, so if you got like a kid or someone really sensitive, you may want to come back in five minutes after I finish talking about um, this movie. But uh, the movie starts off like in this huge uh, moment of crisis, as many women and their kids have been sexually assaulted by the men in a uh, Mennonite colony using like an animal tranquilizer, and many of those men uh, who perpetrated the crime, they've already been arrested. Uh, because someone, uh, one of the other men turned them in. So they're up at the police station, and I believe this like local Pennsylvania town. And the other half, or the rest of the men, they're up there trying to get them bailed out uh, and back to the colony. Now in the meantime, while all the men are away, or almost all the men anyway, the women are having this really heated and very deep debate on whether to leave the colony and the men and what would be in some cases their children uh, leave all that behind or stay and deal with the aftermath of these sexual assaults and you know for a movie mostly about literally what the title says it's just women sitting around and talking it is truly tense and action-packed for a movie that doesn't have much action in it uh, women talking is directed by sarah Pauly, who really did a tremendous job bringing uh, the novel upon which the movie is based to life and I would think I didn't haven't read the novel but you know if I did and I might actually wind up doing so it doesn't seem like it would be an easy story uh, to bring to a movie but she did an amazing job of doing that and then you have a, a really uh, cool cast which on the one hand isn't a bunch of unknowns but on the other hand they're not really well-known actors either Frances McDormand She's the best-known actress of, of all the ones in the movie, at least to me, anyway. She makes a very brief cameo, and uh, she's also a producer on the movie, by the way. And there is one dude in the movie, and this guy is a dead ringer for Saturday Night Live's uh, Mikey Dave. Enough so that I actually had to stop the movie, IMDB him, except it turns out he's not Mikey Day. And he's actually an actor that I did know from the most recent Fargo season starring uh, Chris Rock. And he's a great actor, by the way. 
but so is pretty much everyone in the movie and they really elevate uh, kind of a movie where people are just talking to something pretty special and I'll probably have to go back and amend the best of my 2022 list to include this one somewhere in the top 10. Um, I just watched it on a video demand but I'm imagining that it should be available on a streamer like Hulu or HBO or Apple TV coming up pretty soon. But anyway, that's a big, strong recommendation there for women talking. Now, there's not much of original soundtrack or music at all, which kind of makes sense because they're talking about a Mennonite colony, but there is an exception. A song that actually plays twice. One's kind of in the middle of the movie when the census takers are coming around trying to get the women to come out and uh, register for the uh, census because this takes place in 2010, I believe. Uh, but then they also use the same song really powerfully at the end of the movie. And it's a classic one. And I never need an excuse to play this band because I love them so much, especially growing up with their TV show as a kid. Uh, but what you have from the Daydream Believer, or excuse me, from the Women Talking soundtrack, kind of gave away the title, you have the monkeys with Daydream Believer here on My Friend's Place. 7A. What number is this, Chip? 7A. Okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. Oh, I could hide neat the wings of the bluebird as she sings The six o'clock alarm would never ring But it rings and I rise Wipe the sleep out of my eyes My shaven razor's cold and it stings Now you know how happy I can be Oh, and our good time starts and then Without dollar one to spend But how much, baby, do we Do I? 
skittle down That is just not the way it feels right now
And closing that set out, you have Noel Rot, Casting No Light. Before that, on my front's place, you had Monkey's Daydream Believer, leading things off, which is part of the Women Talking soundtrack, a movie that I reviewed in the last segment that I highly recommend. After that, kind of kept the classic music theme going, although jumped ahead a couple of decades. You had Porno for Pyros with Pets, uh, the new music from Skinny Palembe, Don't Be Another. After that, it was E La Bamba with Collapse. Uh, then you heard one from a band called ES, and the song title is Swallowed Whole. After that, it was Cali Horse with Wigs. Then new music from a classic band, Mud Honey with Move Under. Uh, last week, you heard new music from uh, Fishbone. This week, you're getting some from Mud Honey, so it's great to see those bands are still out making brand new music and really cool music, too. Before we get into another half hour of uninterrupted commercial-free music, let's do a new segment that I'm calling Full of Poo News. And obviously, I can't say uh, what the poo really stands for because of the FCC, but you get the idea. Uh, now, this week, I actually have a pair of Full of Poo uh, participants, and they're both guys that have been very much in the news. First, let's talk about Tucker Carlson. And really, Tucker Carlson, I could nominate for Full of Poo pretty much every week, and I usually, I generally ignore him. Um, Box News, and if you were listening last week, they just got like a full of poo award, you know, a week ago because of the Dominion trial wound up revealing that none of the own air personalities believed any of the stolen Donald Trump, you know, election nonsense that they were peddling to the elderly and infirmed who are the viewers of Fox News Channel and they all were kind of making fun of uh, Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani and the whole idea behind the scenes. And in front of the camera, we're pushing it. Well, now, again, we have a new story involving Fox because you have Tucker Carlson uh, using his program to feature the case of Andrew Tate and standing up uh, for him, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, in his show. Now, if you've never heard of Andrew Tate, well, uh, I have to say good for you because you've uh, obviously lived a better life than me. But Andrew Tate... I mean, how do I describe this guy? If you haven't seen him online, I would say he's like one of the worst like world wrestling federation characters, like pro wrestlers, where you take that, um, like a heel, which is a wrestling term, and you, you take a wrestling heel and you cross that with some fake self-help guru. That is Andrew Tate. And he is outrageously horrible. Uh, with his views on women and some people say it's all like a show I don't care whether he actually believes them or not because his words are truly terrible and I won't even bother insulting you by repeating them and this Andrew Tate character has like a scary army of true believers and followers online but here you have uh, Tucker Carlson uh, defending Andrew Tate who's not an American citizen he's actually an English citizen and he's not in an American prison. He's sitting in a Romanian prison uh, alleged for sex trafficking. So really no American ties here, which, okay, kind of an interesting choice to feature on your news program there, Tucker. And for all his love of totalitarian leaders, uh, like uh, his wonderlust that Tucker has for Hungary in particular, 
Uh, somehow, he is surprised that the legal system in Romania has a lot less freedoms than America. So there you go. There's Fool of Pooh number one, Tucker Carlson. Fool of Pooh two, uh, the nominee this week is one that I've been fighting to nominate for three or four past weeks, and it's the wonderfully awful, terrible Alex Murdahl, who was just convicted of murdering his uh, wife and son last week. And of course, let's get this out of the way right at the beginning. You automatically are full of poo if you spell your name A-L-E-X, but somehow you find a way to pronounce it Alec. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. Uh, the Murdoch family, they um, they basically ruled over the low country in South Carolina for decades and decades, like it was their little fiefdom. Um, his dad and granddad, they all controlled the courts. Um, they were what was called a solicitor there, which I think is more like a, you know, a DA would be in Florida. They controlled the courts, they controlled law enforcement, and they were able to do uh, pretty much anything the family wanted to do for decades, and they were untouchable, uh, totally above the law, and uh, they knew the best way to rule, uh, like basically a mid-century British king. That's kind of what they were like. Um, but this came crumbling down, I mean crumbling down, after Alec Murdoch's son, Paul, uh, killed someone in a boating DUI accident, like, ah, 2019, four years ago, I think. So over the weeks that followed, uh, people started really poking in to their affairs, and we learned just totally how full of poo Alex Murdaugh was, as, you know, as they kept looking in closer and closer to what happened with his son, that he had stole from people that he represented, he stole from his own law firm, he stole from his family, and he stole from his friends, lying through his mouth the whole time. So, of course, when it's time for Alex, Alec sorry, uh, to take the stand in his own defense, it was pretty obvious that everything coming out of his mouth was going to be a lie. Then you add on his fake crying, which was totally laughable, and, um, you know... Of all like the terrible facts that came out for this case, there is one that just really made me think he was full of poo. Um, above all, and maybe like not the most well-known fact, but uh, this to me really shows how full of poo he was. Now, keep in mind, Alec Murdaugh was this guy who stole money uh, from the poor family of his housekeeper, who... It's alleged, or not even alleged, there's, there's an idea that maybe someone in his family may have murdered and pushed down the steps. But this Alec Murdaugh, this MFR, he had a company car from his law firm that, of course, he was stealing money from. But he takes his uh, company car from the law firm that didn't even technically belong to him. And he went and he had these, like, police flashing blue lights installed. So that I could assume, make people think that he actually had police power, probably to do things like run red lights, drive as fast as he want, uh, maybe gain access to like a, a crime scene by, by turning them on, and just do whatever he wanted. So it takes someone that's really full of poo uh, to install police lights on the car when they are not police and did not have 
any of that type of permission. So there you go. This week, it's a tie for Fool of Pooh. We got uh, Tucker Carlson, and it probably won't be his last time, by the way. And you also have Alec Murdoch. Hopefully, it is his last time, as we won't be hearing what I hope is very much um, from him in the future, as he's in jail right now. But um, speaking of Pooh, uh, we have a song called Impurities, and it's a new one from Arlo Parks here on My Friend's Place.
Alright, you just heard a uh, band Water From Your Eyes, that song is Barley, and thanks for tuning into my friend's place here today on WGOT LP Gainesville. Before that, in the mix, you had Arlo Parks with Impurities. After that, it was Bonnie Doon with Naturally. Then it was Ulrika Spacek with No Design. After that, you had Olivia Jean, Trouble. Then you heard one from Slow Pulp called Cramps. And there you go. Y'all caught up to everything you've heard today here on My Friend's Place. So, let's get into a little segment I've been doing for a few weeks now that I'm calling Angry Man Shakes Fist at Clouds. Uh, just like the uh, Simpsons meme that you're probably familiar with, with uh, Homer's dad angrily shaking his fist at the clouds. So that's what I am. So each and every week I use my platform here to complain about just the most trivial things in my life that are bugging me. So what am I shaking my fist at this week? Well, for starters, I'm still shaking it at that new traffic light that they are still trying to install on Southwest 13th Street, uh, pretty close by where the old Gainesville Sun building is, and now I believe it's the Alligator. And every day, still sitting there a couple of minutes each way as the uh, light, I guess, is temporarily on a timer, the old one, while they try to replace it with a new one. Although I did something new this week. I did see someone intentionally run that light for the first time. And after sitting it, you know, through it, you know, two times a day for... It's got to be six weeks, maybe even longer. It feels longer than that. Uh, just sitting there with my car idling, just burning gas and fossil fuel. It's kind of hard to blame anyone at this point that would uh, run that light because there's never traffic coming the other way. It's just sitting there, wasting time, wasting their resources. But uh, that's continuing. But um, what's new? What's new to shake my angry old man fist at? Um, so I've got another story, and this time it's a waiting in line story. Now, admittedly... I gotta be truthful, I am kind of like a, a line Nazi, um, a la the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. Uh, so I'm very particular about my lines. And it's not necessarily the length of the wait, but it's just more the inefficiency of how the line is run uh, that makes my OCD uh, tingle incredibly hard. Um, for example, I don't really mind so much like a 70 minute wait at Disney World for a ride because that line is going to be moving as efficiently as possible. It's when you've got either a cashier or someone in the line slowing things down that drives me crazy. So um, I've shared before uh, stories about waiting line where you have people that like to buy lotto tickets and they're going to stand there right in front of you playing their scratch offs or at restaurants like Hogan's. Uh, where they have a giant menu board behind the, the cash register, uh, people waiting for 10 minutes, and then they get to the cashier, and then they decide that's the time to figure out what's on the menu and to read that board, which is like 20 feet by 10 feet or something like that, maybe not that big. Um, this week, they'll have a new one. Now, let me preface this story um, with this short tale. There are two takeout places that are kind of in my rotation that I go maybe once a month. And I know when I go there, I know for a almost 100% fact that the person that's going to be ordering in front of me at the cashier, um, and these restaurants only have one cashier, one register, I know when I go to these two places, the person ordering in front of me will have no idea at all what to order and will know nothing at all about the menu whatsoever. 
every single time I go to these places. So you might be uh, questioning or wondering uh, what new restaurants have recently opened with like new dining concepts or foods or you know what takeout places have a confusing uh, menu with too many choices on the menu like Cheesecake Factory for example which I've actually never eaten at um, but I am aware of the menu because it is a staple in comedy routines or um, maybe it's at a restaurant with a cuisine like Pakistani that isn't a uh, super common and give me my second Seinfeld point for two Seinfeld references first a soup Nazi and then a, a Pakistani restaurant after that um, but no it's nothing like that at all the two restaurants that I'm actually talking about that always have confused customers ordering in front of me are Hungry Howie's Pizza the one on Northwest 13th Street and uh, the David's Barbecue Takeout Place, not the one on 39th, but the one on 23rd Ave. Now, I and you, we, we may all be asking what is so complicated about uh, their menus. I don't know. I really don't understand why people seem to be so confused by the menus. And I'm not even really shaking my fist at that, per se, of people, you know, who don't know how to order. Might give them a deep sigh, perhaps, but um, here's my story from this past week. I'm in the David's on 23rd, and it's not going to be much of a surprise. I always call my order in advance uh, for pickup. Never wait to get to the restaurant to order. And like I said before, the one thing that David's and Hungry Howie's both have in common is one cashier, one cash register, which more or less ruins the convenience of calling in advance because, uh, like I said, there's always one confused person ahead of me who has no idea what to order at a pizza restaurant or a barbecue joint. But uh, regardless, I still choose to order food from there at my own discretion. Uh, not very often, mind you. They're not in my regular rotation. But, you know, like I said, maybe once a month. So I'm at David's, and I can uh, see my order actually sitting on the shelf next to the cash register. Oh, and let me add this. It was uh, on Saturday past weekend and it was pouring rain so I'm staying there drenched which makes my story even more fun and there's uh, an older lady and an older man they're already at the cash register when I walk in and immediately I'm like oh crap because you know I know the history of this restaurant it's, it's gonna be a long time between these two because of course she has no idea what's on the menu at David's or anything about the food um, even though David's has the same menu as pretty much every single barbecue restaurant in America, but whatever. You know, I'm not even necessarily in a hurry, but, you know, my pork sandwich I know is sitting there getting cold, and again, I'm soaked uh, from the thunderstorm that I had to walk through from my car into the restaurant. Eventually, though, she does wrap up her order, and I'm thinking um, maybe she's the only one getting food, because who the man I'm assuming is her husband He's kind of off over to the side. He's not really paying attention to anything going on. But then, as she wraps up her order, she gets his attention, and now he's going to come over. <laughs> After I've been standing there probably three minutes with her trying to complete her order, and now the whole process is going to begin again <laughs> with this guy. Now, to be fair, the older guy, he did kind of have an idea of what he was going to order, and he was definitely ordering faster than his wife, at least. But here, 
is where my fists are going to start to tense up. Halfway through his order, his phone rings. And, you know, I've been in lines before where someone's on the phone and they're trying to go to the grocery store. I've been a lot of times recently, there's a couple of convenience stores where the cashiers are always talking uh, Bluetooth on the phone. So that, you know, that's not all that surprising to me. So he looks at the, the number on the phone and pretty loudly states that it's spam. Okay. But then he decides he's going to pick up the call. And he's, let's say, probably about halfway through his uh, takeout order, and he begins having a conversation with the other person on the line and actually walks away from the counter mid-order. And I'm telling you, this conversation with this old man went on at least two minutes, right in the middle of the order, uh, just standing there. At this point, I'm not even, like, shaking my fist. I'm just more laughing um, at the silliness. So... Uh, eventually, he did get off the phone, and it turns out it, he was having a conversation about uh, like car repairs or something that, that was going on, but now I've seen everything. I've seen people, like I said, on the phone uh, trying to cash out at like uh, Publix, and I've seen like cashiers talking on the phone when they're ringing at my order at several convenience stores here, but I've never seen someone ordering slowly that midway to their order walks away and takes a phone call like that so ah, that was a new one for me but anyway there you go that's angry old man shakes fist at clouds for this week so let's get back into uh, more new music got kind of a garage rock like hootie gurus type sounding band here it's crocodiles with love beyond the grave <laughs>
garden Nobody raised the lights It could have been leafy and green But I could not see four sides I was bare on a wire Born a long time before tonight I wear my garland of desire And I shut my eyes so tight Grecian flank Legs were just as strong For my random blank Well, I had some wits But I lost them Without you here, I'm going haywire. You're 
from Ahmad Awasif, So Long Mr. Fear, and uh, you're listening to my friend's place. And before that, uh, leading off that set, you had Crocodile's Love Beyond the Grave, then it was one from Shalom Lighter, then you heard uh, a song from a band, Whitelands, called Setting Sun, and then after that you had Nick Waterhouse, Late in the Garden, and there you're called up with everything you've heard on my friend's place. And speaking of Late in the Garden, it's getting really late in the show. And for once, I'm not totally up against the uh, top of the hour uh, where the next great show is coming on WGOT. So uh, let me go over some things um, that you could do. If you want to listen to the station, my show, or help the station out, here is a quick list. Um, if you want to become involved with WGOT, we'd love to have you. There are open spaces on the schedule if you'd like to consider developing and hosting a show. Uh, that is a possibility. The quickest way to uh, contact us with a show idea now is through a direct message on Facebook. And if you don't already like the Facebook page for WGOT, please consider doing that. Um, also, 
It's really cool. You can listen to WGOT anytime you want, including both of my shows and all the other great shows available. Uh, go to WGOT.org. And if you want to listen to past episodes of My Friend's Place or Cramla Mix Show, you can uh, find me pretty easily. Google Cramla Radio Shows. And I uh, thank you for listening. And I really feel like today I've done the uh, Lord's work. So let's take a quick uh, back look. Look back. I messed that up. A look back at uh, what we've done today on the show besides all the great music you've heard on uh, the first segment reviewed a great movie that I highly recommend it's women talking it's nominated for an Oscar and that is well deserved nomination right there so find that video on demand then after that we did the full of poo award of the week and we had a tie one of them went to uh, someone who can perpetually be on the poo head list you had a uh, Tucker Carlson, and uh, that name alone should just tell you uh, poo, 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 uh, but the other guy, and hopefully the last time I have to say his name for a while, and he just kind of disappears for a while, is Alec Murdoch, a man convicted of uh, murdering his wife and child, which, you know, maybe he did, probably he did, um, but for sure did a lot of other awful things um, before he did that, so they're your poo heads of the week. Then after that, did uh, Angry Man Shakes His Fist at Clouds, and I really uh, told a great story about waiting in line at David's Barbecue and someone taking a phone call right in the middle of the order. That's something I have never seen before in line etiquette. So uh, there you go. That's everything that's happened today. Um, obviously, the best part of the show is still the music, and we have one more song today, uh, the one that is our closer here on uh, my friend's place. And it's a band I really love, Sleaford Mods, um, who have a new album out, and I played a couple of songs off it. It's really hard to play this duo because uh, they have a really a naughty mouth, a naughty British mouth, so it's not very often you can get through a whole song of theirs that you don't have to make edits. But this one is a rare exception uh, to the Sleaford Mods rule. And it also features Perry Farrell, who you heard earlier in the show, if you've been around for all two hours, uh, lead singer of Jane's Addiction. But didn't play Jane's Addiction today, played a little bit of porno for Pyro. So uh, this is Sleaford Mods. It features Perry Farrell. The song is so trendy, and it kind of walks the line between a great song and a parody song. The lyrics are fantastic. So once you get home, uh, you might want to Google it, watch the actual music video that goes with the song. It's fantastic. Uh, so here you go. I'm going to end on kind of a funny note. It's Sleaford Mods featuring Perry Farrell. So trendy. Thanks for listening to My Friend's Place. I'll be back same time, same channel next week.
don't need no jet and a fashion suicide You've got your top gun glasses upside down, you goose your snide You know they don't chase you, they always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy You know they don't chase you, they always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy You know they don't chase you, they always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy You know they don't chase you, they always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy